This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week I spoke with McBride and we covered the massive announcement that was the Bundesliga, uh, the addition of moments to So Rare. We talked through a few points from the newsletter, um, we looked through McBride and his strategy and we talked about the discussions around a mobile app. We went off on many digressions, talked about lots of So Rare topics and covered loads of your great questions. So thanks for all the engagement this week, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. So, McBrideus, finally you're on the podcast. We've talked before about something else, but here we are to talk about So Rare. Um, I was having a look at your gallery. It's safe to say you're on fire. You're also a wheel, by the way, um, if I do say so. We were talking about this actually recently on a podcast, and someone asked this literally before we hit record. What do you consider a wheel? Like, at what stage did you realize you were a wheel or have you even realized yet? <laughs> Is that, is that because I put on too much weight after the beer, Sean, or is it... Um... That's a dig, yeah. That's a dig straight <laughs> off the bat, yeah. Um, no, I think just... Um, I think I went on so rare data at one point and had a quick look and it was all guys by gallery value and things. That's fine. Obviously, I carry a lot of cards, not always. Expensive ones I buy young guys as well. And I think someone said last week, I'm in the top 10 of card values and um, card um, numbers and so rare data, which is quite interesting. Um, so I've got a thousand cards or something. So, so yeah, I mean, I suppose, like strictly speaking, I probably could be classed as a whale because I've got got so many cards, so many um, choices and things. So, so I'm trying to sell a few at the moment, to be honest, but cut it down a wee bit. But yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm, I, yes, I'm. Yeah, you go on the yeah. Herbalife again as well, to be honest. But that's how you can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> tell me this right what do you yeah. that's this is a complete side topic i'm throwing out of nowhere and there's definitely much more exciting things that we're going to talk about today but just if i had mm-hmm. to give you a number if i had to make you pick a number what number in terms of thousands of pounds euros or dollars would you consider a whale it's um, a really weird question would you, so again, gall- gallery value gallery value what what would you say um, you're a whale i don't know the answer um so it's, it's, it's hard because the, the value of the rares has gone up so much now but i think you would probably be talking like let's say maybe oh, maybe 40 50 000 pounds plus something like that i, I don't know i mean fair. yeah i mean the thing is you could probably have like um 40 or 50 rare cards and like just have really good quality and it would be worth a smashing amount because of the amount of you know value and stuff in them but i think like obviously it's you got to kind of maybe look at the amount of cards somebody holds as well you know mm. um because obviously that gives you extra choices on game weeks and things too over and above it's the an, value it's an interesting sort of dynamic right because like just looking at our galleries and this is a conversation i remember having with morts when morts came on morts has a million cards um not as many as you but a lot of cards mm. but they weren't of great value so yeah. even i think we had a similar gallery amount or whatever but he had way more cards than me and it was kind of down to that kind of quality over quantity so when i look at ours i have 126 cards including limiteds you have over a thousand including limiteds or around a thousand so i'm about five or six seven eight times smaller than you but my gallery is only half the value and that's a that that is must be like a strategy so you do buy young you buy players that are relatively unknown maybe don't get a lot of starts you have a lot of crackers in there too don't get me wrong yeah. but 
is there is that was that a purposeful strategy or is it like kid in a candy shop you just want to grab everything was there no. thought behind it or is it just kind of like a carried away it, it was a it was a strategy so obviously we were having a chat about like previous platforms and things when i come on so there obviously the the car prices were a lot lower so i would just like maybe buy guys at 20 or 30 quid now at that point the rares like the good rares were a couple hundred quid but i wasn't really wanting to invest like a couple hundred per player because it was a new platform to me it was a new concept and everything mm. and you know just all like, oh, just done it away at it so um the reason i end up having more cards but um sort of different in terms of values just because i was always go for like good young players so so right back the start of my gallery i'd be buying like some shaktar players i'd be buying like mean guri i'd be my like because he was like cheap then you know now he's uh, a cracker like, tap soba um at leverkusen so i would buy guys like that. i was always kind of trusting my like going for like under 23s going for a long-term strategy and get good value out of these guys because obviously all the tournaments are free entry and hopefully set up for a bit of sort of capital appreciation as they they get better or they they, they improve as they go and it's just a real heavy focus on under 23s like i think 60 percent of my gallery is under 23 so it kind of leave like it makes me feel that i'm not in a rush to do anything you know i'm never never looking yeah. at my gallery and going these guys are 32 i'll really need to shift them on um hardly any of those although a lot of the guys who are scoring pretty well are late 20s and things so you've got to have some yeah. of those but um yeah i feel as if just kind of enjoy it and and just wait to to guys are are, are doing well so if i look through my gallery earlier and i put a few cards up for for sale and a few guys sold on because they're doing well just now so it's easier to sell into the demand but a lot of the guys i hold be quite happy if nothing happens for a year whatever it doesn't bother me they'll just kind of wait until they they, they get in the team or they get mm. a move or something happens maybe they come on the score price goes up maybe sell one of them just that type of strategy and that's always been my, um, my strategy and then later on when i started getting a wee bit sort of better at it like because i was quite new to fantasy football like before i joined so i'd never done any fantasy football at all like nothing never even done fpl so at the start i was pretty mad mince at picking teams mince it was really bad <laughs> it was like i picked Havertz so much and he was rotten for like he was just he was signed with chelsea and he just wasn't doing well and i just kept picking him because it was my big buy at that point I just kept picking him and that was a mistake but then i've learned from that as well i think well, you, you're still learning even if you're a year or two and you're still learning about the platform or well you're on fire at the minute I'm buttoning on you there, but just to kind of throw it out there, like you're on fire. I mean, I see you posting on Twitter. I see whatever. I'm looking at your gallery now. Some of the wins you've had recently, you do seem to be placing pretty consistently, mm. um, which is great to see. Something's working. You've obviously you've got the choice yeah. there now. Probably maybe some of these young players are starting to come to the fore, and you can you can there's sort of a bit of competition within your your gallery for places in the teams. And do you know what's working out? So fair play yeah. to you. Did did something change, or did it just sort of? over time it just you worked a few things out or maybe the start of this season more players of yours were playing was, was there something that happened or something you changed so i always used to carry duplicates so if i was buying a guy and i thought it was good value maybe it was 15 20 40 quid i'd buy a couple um so what i did was i decided i was just going to sell on the duplicates or i would maybe sell some rewards so because i'm playing a lot under 23s like or do well in under 23s a lot of time i'll win somebody and they'll say oh, yeah i'll sell them and i'll look at them and go oh it's that car and i'm not selling him i want to keep him so i just kind of took a decision to sell on a couple of duplicates sell a couple of guys who had risen a lot and i, I started uh, buying more super rares because one of the mistakes i made 
um, when I joined was it only stuck to the rares and the super rares were actually nice. I like that, John. You're, you're, it's you'll need work on it's your... fucking half and half. It's a good ice cream. <laughs> Jesus Christ, a, look at the head in that. You'll need to get a flake for that, John. That looks like a nice theme <laughs> Jesus <code. laughs> Web. Anyway, sorry, you transitioned into super rares. <laughs> yeah, so the I was I was doing pretty well in Division Fours, but as the as the numbers obviously started going up, that becomes more and more difficult as well. Because you know you try to beat more yeah. people and um it's kinda so I'll try to move into sort of division threes and I thought that also as, as more people came because obviously super rares are so scarce that um the, the numbers would like obviously really increase in division four but the numbers in the higher divisions are not going to increase as quickly because the supply is not there so even mm. if somebody comes in and says i want x y and z then if somebody's not willing to sell them then you're not going to get them so for example i think trent alexander arnold super rare no one has ever sold one of those after buying from a bundle so if mm. you come in just now and say i've got a million pounds i want x y and z if somebody's not willing to sell X and Y, then you can't get them. You just need to wait in the next auction or whatever. So, so I just decided to kind of buy some super rares and just kind of try and work out my way up. And I always used to look at Division 3 and think, oh, there's only 40 cards available there. Um, but now what they've done, they've, they've really increased the quality of the cards. So you, you can get mm-hmm. like Star Rare for top nine. You can get a tier one for maybe top 27 in most divisions and things. So you maybe don't get as many wins as you would do picking up some tier twos or threes from some division fours. But you, when you win something, it's really good. You know, the quality of the stuff you're winning is excellent. And I think that really, that that changed things a lot when I did that. Um, mm. Just basically prioritized some division threes um and i always prioritized under 23s but just started kind of also looking at some other divisions like america like mls watched a few games in sky was actually quite impressed thought the standards a lot better than i thought it was going to be and just, yeah um kept going with that to be honest um and it's just i think it's kind of snowballed a wee bit for there so there's great value to be had in the mls and the asian leagues if you're playing them in global now i wouldn't have much interest personally particularly in asia i think in winning the asian cards i just i don't watch it like i mean i would love to have a wee kikuchi i used to have kikuchi and tani and they were my under 23 sort of back line for the for most of last season um and it was great and i think in the off season my plan is when hopefully the mls prices come down hopefully the asian prices come down and my, my plan will be to buy a handful in each um of like top performers hopefully their prices are suppressed a little yeah um because they can be really great enablers even the super rares can be if you can get a like a decent average super rare in asia or the mls i mean you might be paying in in europe for someone who scores similarly you could have a three four x premium more it, it's crazy yeah, yeah. so like if I, i'm thinking in the off season i might try and come in and get a few more super rares from those divisions to really bolster those d3 squads and maybe even enable one d2 like if i can stick out at an under 23 d2 team um i'm over the moon and what's killing me is the likes of kulisevsky not playing leo's doing well but i mean i have a few others there like theate who scored like 100 last week or something but sure he hasn't been consistent enough for me to be trusting that yeah, super rare but a few yeah. players like that who are kind of bedding into teams or just trying to make themselves known they're just a bit young that's the nature of under 23s but um i kind of went off on a bit of a tangent there bottom line is i think you're it's great the move to super rares is one that i think a lot of people take a little bit too long myself included i just went and bought like 80 or 90 rares and had like two super rares at one stage and then i was like 
there's only so many rares you can use each game week. If you really want yeah. yield, if you really want utility, you need super rares to compete at D3 up. So it was a case of sell off some rares, redistribute the wealth into super rares, and then start competing properly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I suppose obviously the amount of divisions you're entering each week is obviously contributing to the amount of rewards you're actually picking up recently it's yeah. great to see um and i moved I into like limit I've... as well so i think that that was a kind of key move because a lot of people were looking at that and saying you know why you know like there's gonna be a thousand of these cards and you know so why are you doing that but then i could see that that a lot of demand would come into limited as well but and that's what's happened so hmm. like maybe like in the next couple of months when a lot of the supply comes out or maybe even next year the tournaments will be really difficult to win but i was always thinking that it'll be maybe easier to pick up some wins early on and also if you get in early on the limited you're always like gonna have the highest bonus so yeah you might get like loads of duplicate teams later on but the guys who might just win that tournament by a few points or guys maybe who bought at the start because then they'll have 10 percent bonus instead of eight percent and they'll get an extra few points so so that that's helped too because i picked up a couple of sort of wins in the limited tournaments as well and because they are like actually becoming quite valuable the good players like that's worth a few hundred as well and that, that it all helps all adds up and it's and exactly. it's fun like a couple of extra divisions like you say only so many teams you can enter it you only put one team in per division so like there was no point in me buying in our 10 rares so i say well what am i going to do with them like i can't play them so so yeah. buy into the the limited as well so but and that has worked um really well i've sold a couple of them on already and a lot of them that i'll just i'll just keep um we'll just see how nice see one. what happens so yeah I, I didn't really go balls deep on on um limited it's a funny story i need to roast someone um so i decided <laughs> i'll make one like global d5 team so i got the i got a boat art keeper which is probably a bit silly he's under 23 he's paid the under 23 premium when i'm not even using him there i've camavinga but i'll probably be using danny parejo in midfield i picked up jared moreno so when he's back from injury i'll have moreno and parejo up top um and then in the back i have Bodart and gavery and then I I think I'll throw Camavinga in there or maybe I'll pick up someone else. Um, but I just have to roast him. And I heard Kevin T, Kevin Tuttle88 on, on Twitter. Kevin, uh, I made him an offer for his Gavery. And he said, any chance you can do a better a better offer for a subscriber to the YouTube and podcast? And uh, I said, him, let me see, Kevin. Chucked him an extra few few uh, bits of ETH. And he says, um, <laughs> he was saying, I did turn that down before. It's not just my X Factor sub story. He said, um, what does he say? I'm scrolling down here. I look forward to you slagging me off for the cheap tactics that were deployed. <laughs> so there you go, Kevin. Nice. You scumbag. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's uh, I've built a limited, we limited team myself, and I'm looking forward to it. It's just that extra enjoyment each week. It's exposure to teams that maybe I don't have at the higher levels. And it just yeah. gives you something else to follow. I sort of, I don't know, it's almost like I find like, what I'm thinking of doing is almost buying players from teams that I can't really afford or compete at rare with, and then you're almost hedging so that if the other teams destroy you in rare, but you've kind of got them at limited, you're like, do you know, in the weeks I don't have any gank players. If I had like an, a gank stack, if I have the defensive ones to be fair, I don't have like an Onu Achu and Ido or a. Who's your other guy, Bungonda, who hasn't been playing much recently? If you had those in limited, it'd be great in weeks that they all bang and you don't have them in rare. You're kind of like, oh, well, at least yeah. I've got something in limited. So. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's an interesting well. one. Yeah, I mean, like when the when the Dutch league came, obviously a lot of the guys who are good players there, the IX players, have always been expensive. So I bought guys like Lisandro Martinez, Gravenberch, um, Coxu, uh, um, Feyenoord, 
um, Cody Gakpo, Boscagli, um, just bought guys like um, that. Like if I was going to buy their rares just now, I'm going to have to shell out four figures or something for them because they're just yeah. obviously amazing players. But it's kind of for me there was a big fun factor there as well because if I'm playing those guys, give me an interest in those games. So it wasn't even so much like if they do well, it was more like it gives me an interest in extra games as well over the weekend. And just say well, obviously if they they do well, then you know you've you've got you maybe win something as well. And like the entertainment you know, value, like. Yeah, and you've got Kamavinga, and people say, well, he's not really a, a global D5 player, whatever, but you're buying Kamavinga, you're hoping that he stays at Real Madrid, he's a world star, and you've got his Ren card. Why not stick him in the, the global and put a team around him? Because exactly. he does enter every week. So get him in. Get him, like, you know, and he's a great player. He's well capable of doing 100 or whatever. It's just, you know, you, you've got to get the teams in. So. Mm. Absolutely. Well, look, do you know what? That's enough on a sort of bit about strategy and what we were at recently. I'm sure we'll get back into it. There's lots of questions um, and with big, big topics, as I'm sure everyone's aware to discuss. Now, thankfully, we're recording this today and not yesterday. Imagine that. It's all every week now. I keep trying to push it as late in the week as I can. We obviously put it out on a Friday, so I'm trying to go Wednesdays or Thursdays because they keep dropping stuff on us. Mm. But obviously, the big thing, the bombshell that dropped this morning, the Bundesliga is joining the So Rare family. So basically, the Bundesliga is joining So Rare um, in its entirety. They also have the license for the Bundesliga 2, which they're not going to be using. Um, there's no coverage there. Everyone who went and bought their AO Tanakas and their shock players got shafted this morning. And not that they got shafted, they kind of shafted themselves out of trying to... I don't yeah. know. It's a, bit a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, did you get yeah. caught? Um, no, because um, kind of looked at it and the they, they said in the the Bundesliga thing that there would be a partnership, but so rare hadn't confirmed they were going to score it. And before I looked at them and I would have bought a Tanaka anyway, because I think he's going to be good long-term value, but there's none listed. And then I looked and La Liga 2 is actually scored by Opta as well as is Bundesliga 2, but they don't score La Liga 2 or didn't when the, the stuff came in. So I'd seen that people were buying players, but I didn't get involved. And one of the main reasons was when the Swiss league came on, I bought, and Vassil Vasic, the, the goalkeeper, used to be playing mm. Belgium. And I didn't realise that he was only in for somebody else because the other guy was injured. And I paid like 300 quid for him thinking he was great value and I ended up selling them on at a small loss. So I just thought, I'm not going to get involved in the FOMO. I'll just, I'll keep my money and like... Wait and see what happens. Because yeah, even, even if it means I can pick up a limited or somebody later on or whatever, like, you know, Bundesliga is huge. Um, mm. Brilliant, absolutely unbelievable announcement La Liga five year deal I think with La Liga and then um, all the marketing stuff and everything was so professional the launch and everything was so good and um, Bundesliga is huge you Dortmund you Haaland Haaland is huge for the platform it's like having an R Mbappe in the platform and I, exactly amazing absolutely I, brilliant I think like it's, it's a shame how the launch went in terms of um, do you know it's called Spade of Spades you know so rare weren't the ones to announce it I think some it yeah. might have even been the Bundesliga. I forget what the actual name of the Twitter account was that I seen the article through, but they kind of obviously dropped it a little bit early. Maybe there was confusion uh, over time zones or something. They kind of dropped the ball, put out something. So we all knew what was coming. We all knew it was moments. We all knew how exciting it was. Yeah. But compared to the La Liga one, it didn't, yeah. f- maybe it doesn't, I, it got me as excited, but it maybe didn't feel like as monumental a day on social media because of the lack of the coverage and how it was done. Yeah. I think the Bundesliga is a massive coup. And as you say, Haaland, Haaland is like when we're talking physical sports cards, people need to realize it's Messi and Ronaldo 
and it's Haaland and Mbappe. Yeah. Like the the Haaland cards of his rookies and of his like younger like his premium cards, you're talking hundreds of thousands. Like in the physical space, this is firm. Like, and I think even the the beauty of it being a Dortmund card on the yellow, I think the limited cards are going to look amazing. Oh, I want the limited good. card just for collectability. Yeah. Um, but I think if I could have picked one club, and I've said this in videos now, maybe United could have competed. But I think even more so than City or Chelsea for me, Dortmund were the ones. And I was always a little bit worried in the back of my head because I know Tops have a really good relationship with Dortmund. They have like exclusive deals with them and physical cards. And I know they're in the NFT space and farting about there. So I was kind of a little bit worried that Dortmund kind of already had friends in the collectability world. And maybe that was a bit of a stumbling block. But now yeah. that they've just landed the Bundesliga, it's like, all right, give me Haaland. Like... I think it's yeah. huge. Uh, that was my initial reaction as well, just Haaland. And, and obviously there's so much more over and above that as well. I mean, Dortmund yeah. bring through lots of good young players. So you guys like Gio Reyna, you've got um, Bellingham. Bellingham's doing great. I don't Gio know why Reyna. he wasn't in the I mean... um, England squad. But they've got, they've, they've got lots and lots of um, good players and bring through lots and lots of good players. And then you've also you've got Leipzig as well because Leipzig yeah. really like investing in young players. I bring on a lot of guys from... Um, Salzburg, so obviously the guys moving from Salzburg to Leipzig, and you've got like you know we would have missed Salzburg come in, you you missed the Bosley, so there was no card mm-hmm. for him because you missed him. Now you're going to get a Bosley card, and like it's just the possibility. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'll not mention. That. Um, <laughs> sorry, John. Obviously, he's on your wish list. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, guys, like obviously. These are guys who are quite high profile, good players now. Yeah. But, but that is amazing for the platform. One thing that people really won't be aware of as well, because maybe they weren't around in the platform, like when the platform really was ignited last year, was when they got PSG and Mbappe come on. Because Mbappe came on and he was selling for nearly a thousand pounds. And that was quite high for a rare at that point. And then yeah. he started getting better, like in terms of like price. So it just kept going up and then all of a sudden people were paying 5,000 for them and then people were thinking hang on so if I win under 23s I can win something worth five grand or 10 you know and the whole thing just got ignited so what's going to happen now is you're going to have guys like Haaland getting in the prize pool and people are going to go right I can't afford Haaland but I'm going to pay 200 quid for that guy because if I win this tournament I can win Haaland he's worth a few grand and that just brings so much to the tournament so just ignite just the market I think it's already good, but the market will just be on fire. Like that's that's what I would predict. Mm. It'll just be so good. Um, I think, I think right. they, they're not doing the actual launch of the teams until the end of the month. So I don't know if that was a deliberate thing or whether they've held it off because of the, the way the launch went. But I think it's quite good that there's going to be a build-up now to the teams coming because what will happen is they can do some promotional stuff with the, the Bundesliga their fans can come on and they can be involved with the initial cards because what happened in the past was you would hear the day before the next day and then all the existing users or all the existing guys would just be buying all the initial mints the one out of a hundred mm. the one out of a thousand the one out of ten the um the shirt numbers whatever and whereas now we know that they're coming at the end of the month so that gives some time for um so rare to onboard 
people from Germany. So actually, although it's not that initial hit of, right, the Bundesliga is coming tomorrow, I think that's actually better because everybody knows it's coming mm. now, so everybody can get ready, get their wallets loaded. <laughs> that, that's the thing, though. Kidney. I think whenever you've got like these these people, I think I think that's why almost like PSG wasn't dropped really quick in the season as soon as Messi came. It's about yeah. people know it's coming, do you know? And now the Wales will be fundraising because they want the super rare Haaland. They want a unique Haaland and they will be fundraising. And they're also aware like the unique and more super rare PSG cards are coming. And like it is that case of fundraising now. I'm sitting here thinking, I do you reckon I could stretch to a rare Haaland? And I'm thinking exactly as you say, even whenever the PSG came, cards came into the prize pools, I started focusing more on champion. Yeah. And now that Haaland is going to come in along with Bellingham, along with Reina. Now Reina, I know, went off the radar a bit compared to the other two, but like... In terms of collectability, in terms of the, the clout he has in the collectible, like physical soccer card space, I mean, Reina is highly rated. He's American. World Cup twenty twenty six. Americans love that shit. If you're listening, and you're American. I guarantee you love Pulisic, and I guarantee you love Reina, yeah. Haaland, and all that going into the under twenty three pools. Huge, as you say, it just drives up the prices of everyone because everyone's worth more because you can win more. Um, yeah. So I think it's really exciting. And the other thing, the big other part of this announcement, which is really exciting, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'll just read this quickly, uh, McBride, and then we'll delve into it. Yeah. So rare moments. So the mar- the partnership also represents a historic milestone for us in our existing community. Today is also the day we announce moments. Yes, so rare moments will be a new collectible and way to unlock your football passion and moments. So rare Bundesliga moments will be launched in 2022. We will share more about our plans for their utility ahead of the release next year. Watch and rewatch this prototype jobby. Um, and that this is an interesting thing because this implies that their utility will be different than a normal card. Do you yeah. know, I would have thought the logical way to do this would be to be to put out moments, significant moments, as rares, as super rares, as whatever, within the normal scarcity limits and defined. This sounds very much, and even the prototype looks like the moments are going to be separate. Now, yeah. Does that mean more supply? Does that mean they're actually just saying here there's actually going to be more supply now? And that could be a thing. That could be an issue. That could be a, a sort of friction point. I think or... it'll be okay because they brought the the national cards and they, they when they brought the national cards they done them within the scarcity. So when they brought in like Mbappe French cards, they they, they filled up the one out of a hundred. So I don't think they'll do that because a big commitment towards the fixed limits. But you're right, and it is exciting and actually part of that uncertainty. Of, what you're going to be able to do with these that that brings the kind of the the insight uh, the the excitement but when you see the video like you see like versus super rare they turn it around and then there's the moment on it so even if they just bring the cards out but the, the card comes with a moment but then you, you you might um have so many links to things which are happening like the special La liga launched they were giving people away tickets you know you might buy that card and it's a moment and you might get some sort of like real life moment as part of it so say that like you buy the super rare that gives you some a vip access to a yeah. game during the season or something like that would be really cool because people love that like um i would love that as well so yeah tell me this though right what what way do you think now when they say we'll talk about the utility or whatever later or we'll yeah. announce our plans for the utility right so that could mean anything do you think they'll be playable in so5 do you think it'll be different the, I think what will happen, if I had to guess, is that the card will play exactly the same in SO5, but the moment will give you access to a real-life experience. So 
like there'll be something. So like when they did the La Liga thing, and the person who won get a VIP trip to the the Classico. Like how cool a prize is that? Like that's a yeah. brilliant prize. So there there might be something that comes with that moment that's that's special that that relates to a real life experience. I don't think you know because when they launched the the cards for the legends. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the tournaments. It'll be special weekly. This is how we'll score. Um, I don't think they'll muck about SO5 in terms of saying, well, if you buy these cards now, then they're going to score differently or whatever. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll some sort of different type of bonus or something. But I think that the moment um, will be the actual moment that you get with the cards, that reliving that special moment. And yeah. it looks cool. It will add something it's to the It's the collectability you... is huge. Yeah, so you see the like verts on the launch. You see Haaland. So if it's like you know, if you buy the Haaland card and it's that one where he scored against I think it was PSG and he, he nearly ripped the, the net apart. You you heard that he hit it from outside the box and he just hammered it and he nearly ripped the net off the off the goal. You, know, you put that in the back of a card that makes the card cooler. Like so, it doesn't have to yeah. mean that it scores any different in the tournaments. But then they might have something up their sleeve. But that's the. The, the, if they're not doing it until next year, there's plenty of time to tell us about that. I think that that's exactly. a good thing. They're not going to drop it on us tomorrow and say, well, we're changing SO5 tomorrow. They're, they're just leaving that open to obviously working on things. And maybe they want to take some feedback on it, like they're doing with the mobile app and stuff like that as well. It's um, Now, this is me purely speculating. I don't know where. It's something I said in a YouTube video I recorded today. And again, if I had to bet, I'd say it won't happen. Like, a 99% won't happen. But it's just a funny idea I had. I was thinking, like, if the moment... Maybe you get like a 5% bonus or something if the player is playing the team that the moment is against. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's a moment of Haaland scoring a screamer versus Leipzig because whatever, if he's playing Leipzig, you get a bonus. But that's me just spitballing. I mean, it's probably the flawed and it's definitely not going to happen. It's off the top of my bap. But one other thing just on that, that kind of, I'm not going to say like worry is strong. It doesn't worry me remotely. Um, doesn't no no i'm not worried but like it's just a consideration it's these the fact that they're talking about the like do you think they will be within the defined scarcities or do you think it'll be different i think it will definitely will be within the defined scarcities because they've made a commitment would you throw to the toys that? out of the pram would you throw the toys out of the pram if it wasn't if it was separate yes. if it was there's also a hundred moments now yes but what it, if they it depends the one, if, they, if those moments could be used against other cards then what you're doing is you're ripping up the fixed limits on the scarcities so what you're saying is always oh, said it'd be one out of 100 but now it's one out of 200 that that's not on because no they're committed to that fixed limit so if, the, if there's something else that's attached to it if it's a side game if it's a side experience that's fine but start saying well, we're going to do 20 super rares now because we're adding in moments then that's just ripping up the fixed limit and that's not what so rare is about so rare is yeah. about scarcity that properly undermines the sort of trust and confidence yeah. that everyone has. So look, I'm not trying to like fear monger. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Diner on such a great day, but just whenever I seen it and whenever I seen the cards and the moment on the side, now actually, do you know what I might do here? And it's going to be shit listening for a minute. Um, and you can do it as well. If you want, I'm going to make sure I don't play the audio. I'm going to watch their video again. I'm going to get to the moment. I'm going to pause it and I'm going to see if the number is on it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to go for a pee because I've I've been drinking beer. So you watch the video, I'll go for a pee and we'll come back and we'll talk again. (laughs) I actually have the answer, but yeah, go for a pee. I'll chat crap for a minute. You can cut that out if you want to. No, no, no. So I I found the video. You've probably found it. And I wonder, can I zoom in on that? This is... um, 
Let me see if I go to that, clip that, and then zoom. So basically what I'm sort of stressing, not stressing about, but what I'm wondering is, are they going to have, are these going to be numbered or will they be, like numbered within the normal scarcity, or will they be separate? Because if they're separate, we could run into an issue. But again, I know a lot of these are sitting at home shaking your head saying, John, this is such a wonderful day. Why are you being a Debbie Downer? And you know what? You're 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 about right in that assumption. Um, give me one second. So I have it here. Ah, okay. I have the answer. McBride sounds like he's back. McBride. Back. Hello. Right. So I went to their video, and albeit it's a prototype, so maybe it's a prototype, and maybe I shouldn't read into it, and maybe I'm just being an absolute fool. Okay. But when I look at the the prototype on the moment. Now, you'd imagine these would be number two, so this is where I feel I'm probably wrong. But on the top left, it just says 2021, 2022, and below it, it says moments where you would normally have the number. Yeah. So, like, what I'm, what I'm, when I see that, I worry because I think, like, is it just going to be moments and not within the hundred? But look, I can yeah. sit here and speculate and fearmonger and be a tool, and then it just never is the case. I'm sure they'll confirm it. I'm sure there'll be questions about it, and we'll find out in good time. Well, it's the same the right when, the, when, the, when the legends came and they said that we're going to be able to use the legends in SO5 and the legends will, will score the highest points for that equivalent position per team. So I found a way to give them utility and my first thought was that's like a, a magical card that you can buy and if they bring that in SO5 then SO5 is snookered because then all of a sudden you buy um, Van Basten's Ajax card and you're getting the best score out of um, Tadic, Anthony Berghouse, <laughs> you're yeah, like, it's yeah. an unbeatable card. You're going to be guaranteed a higher score. So I think you're right to think about that as well, because my initial response was that's 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 going to be that's going to destroy a lot of SO5 tournaments. So when they said that it's going to be a special weekly, will be once a month or whatever, that made me a bit happier because I think about well, okay, special weekly. Some of them are not really that good, so that I don't mm. mind that so much. It's not interfering with SO5. So yeah, they can clarify stuff like that. But I mean, I would hope it is within the. The normal scarcities, um, if it's not, and that there's some usage for those moments, then I think that's okay as long as it's something separate. But if it's starting to interfere with the tournaments, then you could have an effect on the value of existing cards. Or, you know, you might get somebody saying, well, right, I've got versus Super Rare from last season, but the new Super yeah. Rare has got a moment on it. And nobody wants to buy those Super Rares from before. So you, you've got to be careful with that stuff because it can have an effect on people's existing collections, albeit them having earlier versions have their own as time goes on their own plus points i guess um mm. but if somebody bring bring something else out and it it's got something extra on it then people go well buy that what buy that one it just changes the marketability or the desirability of the cards and stuff so so yeah, i think you're right to think about that definitely um so yeah i mean today's been a big day people are all over twitter buzzing excited understandably um and just sort of this is a little metric that i sometimes have a look at to see what the like how many people are kind of actively looking for so rare stuff and it's i have a video on youtube it's part of all the so rare videos out there it's the one that probably seo is the best it's the most views it always pops up at the top of searches and i go and look at like how many people have been searching it and there's a massive spike today uh, a bigger spike actually than there was for the 680 million yeah. um do you know so it's kind of like geez and i know that's maybe a bit of a fag packet sort of sciencey thing do you know it's a very 
just bro science me being like oh well this video gets more views but seriously you notice spikes whenever people are looking people are searching on youtube for so rare tutorials and it's spiked big time today so um yeah, do you know the bullies really announcement has had an impact um now just quickly what we'll do we'll run through a newsletter that obviously the newsletter every two weeks we'll see what dan's updated us on um and after that we'll jump into some questions so sure. and they'll probably cover some of the topics we've already had a, a brief overview of updates to the tiers from dan here they're improving the way they value players across different scarcities which will in turn improve the way they rank players for rewards here's what they've introduced um now every scarcity follows its own player valuation rules this means that a super rare card is no longer the same as the value of its rare equivalent they have more data input which allows them to increase the frequency at which they update their valuations and based on community feedback they've introduced new criteria to value players there's a 10 percent penalty on the value of players that are rarely selected by their club um less than 20 percent of the games in the last 15 games and players that are over 35 so basically that's to give people a bit more liquidity in their rewards uh, to try and avoid dmps and older players now they're going to see how that goes for a while and see if it if it works basically improving the tier and reward system remains their priority which is good news because it is a bit of a being a lot of people's bonnets um a lot of people sort of you know you finish 31st someone finishes 32nd and they get a reward that's four times more expensive than yours it's kind of disappointing um and it happens probably it happens way more regularly than it should be so look it's going to take time to solve they're obviously trying to solve it do you have any major thoughts on this or do you not yeah i think um one of the things I noticed recently, I was fortunate to win the Champion America 3 and I went in and there was no Carolis Gale in the Star Rare pool. So I checked that and said, why there's no Carolis Gale there? And he'd, he'd missed a few games through injury. So like he, he, for me, is probably, like if I won win somebody in America, like he would be pretty much my number one pick and he wasn't in the pool. So but the, the problem with having no DMPs in there is you could have a star player like Messi and they would miss a few games through injury and all of a sudden Messi's not in the pool because he's a DNP last five, but it's Messi and you know at the end of the day you would you would want him in the reward pool. So mm. I'm, I'm glad they're updating it because obviously it causes a lot of friction when people if they get a bad one and you 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 can get unlucky with them. Like, you know, I won the boy Hinter Seer that was at Ulsan and um, I won him, he was selling for a few hundred, so I would keep him. The next day I woke up and he'd moved back to Bundesliga too. So that's on point with what happened today. And he went from being worth a few hundred and easy to sell to not being able to sell. So mm-hmm. but that 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 no algorithm would have solved that because he was away arranging a move and nobody knew that, including me. Um otherwise I would have put him straight up to be sold. But like yeah. I, you know, nobody knew. So and then also people are saying, Well, you're awarding people who are injured, but where do you get your injury news from? You know, that somebody can say that this guy's expected to be out for two months. I mean, it said Cesinia's um season was finished and then I looked next weekend and he was playing. So, you know, where do you take your injury news from? Like, I find it hard to get injury news for a lot of leagues. So how can Sorare keep up with things like injury? So all you can base it on is the metrics, like how much they cost, how they're doing in their SO5 performance, how many games they're playing, and that that's all you can do. And if they get that um, updated, then it'll be a lot better. Because I think they're actually one of the reasons the... They, they can't award more cards is because they're excluding cards because they've been DMPs. So they get more clever at that. They can throw in some more good cards into mm. the pool. Um, and we were having a quick chat earlier about like um, the Ajax goalkeeper, but Jay Gorter's selling, he's rare selling for like seven, eight, nine hundred pounds. So do you exclude him because he's not playing at the moment? Or do you think, well, 
he's a really valuable rare, rare card. We should get him involved in the pools because loads of people would love to win him, and he's and he's selling for seven or eight hundred pounds, but he's not playing. So you've got to deal with stuff like that, and that's where you've got to be clever. I think I think that's part of the frustration with the pools. So. The thing I think is like I think they're they're trying to automate this as much as possible, which makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, it seems to me that with the unpredictability in football and the last minute changes to things, it's almost like I don't know if there's AI out there that can deal with it. <laughs> Maybe uh, there will be. Maybe there is. But I mean, they might they're spending on their AI or whatever, like their algorithms and whatever else. I mean, this is very much a very manual job, but it would take so long and it would be so hard. Yeah. So I appreciate that they don't want to do that. But there's just so many moving parts that it's impossible for every week to nail the... I, I don't know if they'll ever nail it every week because there'll always be a last-minute transfer. There'll always be a last-minute whatever. Yeah. All they can do is try and get it right more often than, they get it, than they're currently getting it right. Yeah, Increase I think there's some room for improvements but... though because like at the end of last season they never took out the relegated cards so like there was people winning cards um, from existing card supply and the team had been relegated so they wouldn't be able to be used so that type of thing just needs to, has to be cut out mm. um, and obviously they've realised that now but that shouldn't have happened. Like, if a team was relegated that those cards should have been taken out of the, the rewards because they're not usable in SO5 for the next season so just stuff like that. I mean obviously there's a lot of learning experience there and it's grown so quickly and there's so many users, so many teams, so many players and everything coming that obviously they're having to sort of make improvements as well and they've made some mistakes there too and Sora have admitted that and said oh, we're working on this, we want to make it better and that, that's a process so I know that means that some people maybe will get a reward and they'll not be happy with it or whatever but sometimes you can pull a really good one as well and you're like, mm -hmm. you know, well you win some, you lose some. It's just maybe more difficult if you only win a couple of rewards and you get a bit unlucky. And uh, I can understand why people be pissed about that because yeah. they, they don't win rewards very much and they've had a few bad pulls. But um, kind of there's a luck in the draw there as well. So A fix which probably isn't that hard is the old, you know, three cards pop up and you pick one. It reduces the chances of you, them messing it up or you only getting, you know, when you've only got one card and that's your card, it's essentially delivered, you know, you're getting that card. If three pop up, the chances of all three of them being shitters who shouldn't be where they are is very low. So if something like that happened, I don't know how much that would be, like how hard that would be in their tech or how hard it would be in the back end to sort it out. But I mean, that would kind of solve the problem. Another one I thought of, but it definitely is completely unfeasible because of the timing of it and how long it would take is almost like a draft thing where everyone who wins a star rare in a vision division top one picks first second one picks next third one picks next but the timing of that just isn't good enough <laughs> two, because months, the 30... two, two, two months before the guy the, who was yeah, 200 the... got his card <laughs> exactly exactly you know well you would only have to do like say the first 28 would have to pick because they're in the star pool and then the next fucking whatever anyway it's a it's a good idea but it's it's an impractical idea it, it is yeah. the ultimate idea in terms of no one could ever complain but the other side of it is that the reward pools would be out of Messi's very quick and by the end of the season it would be shit. So there's a lot of flaws. Yeah. Bottom line is the reward pools are a, a tough one, I think. And uh, look, hopefully this helps. Um, yeah. And the last point on that newsletter is the mobile app five-minute survey. So they basically asked for a just everyone to complete a quick survey on their mobile app. I completed it. Um, and it's all about like what you'd prioritize, what you use the app for, whatever else. And, you know, we don't know. This could still be a year away. It could be six months away. It could be whenever. But the bottom line is, the app's good news for everyone. Um, so to see them asking questions and putting a bit of research in now is is good. It means it's on the way. It's in the works. Um, because the app's kind of 
it's imperative for their success you know they at, at the minute having to go into the browser and log in and log out and not actually get notifications and a million other issues it's it's not the best user experience and a really well made app would really help with retention engagement and everything so yeah, yeah. i'm all for it yeah i agree i think that's really really big i think over and above that the other thing that's important is it's really easy to buy uh, auction with your card but when you're withdrawing because it's an F, you've got to go through Coinbase or you've, you've got to use an exchange. So I think that having a direct ramp back to your bank is also a huge thing. So app and also easy withdrawal um, might even be a, a small fee associated with that. And they've really improved things like the um, transfers of cards. You know, that's improved a lot. But um You've got to be in a position where if somebody wants to take 50 quid out, they can send it back to their bank without paying a 20 pound gas fee or whatever. That's that's got to change. But it just shows you how early we are and, and how much potential this has, because obviously those things have to happen before it's mainstream. But there's a lot of scope to improve things as well, um, which mm-hmm. is good because of the stage where we're at in the development. So, Absolutely. I mean, these little, these little issues show just like, I mean, the little things we're talking about like apps and methods of withdrawal and deposit they're big sort of barriers for a lot of people and it stops yeah. as you say the mainstream folk getting involved so the fact that they're still there can reassure you in some sense that there's still hundreds if not ten, hundreds of thousands tens of thousands whatever um people that could be on so rare that aren't on so rare because of the logistics of the whole crypto bit um yeah. whatever else barriers to entry whatever I mean, we we were involved in gambling type platforms or licensed gambling type platforms, and the problem there is that you can't go cross border because the gambling rules are different everywhere. The beauty of Sorera is that it's available in over a hundred countries in terms of being able to make an account. So, like you say, hundreds of thousands, and people will say, "Oh, he's been on the beer. Look at that flake beer he's had." <laughs> but actually, that is really feasible because you only need a few thousand people per country and you can reach those numbers quite easily and if you look at like fpl i think there's literally millions of people play fpl and um, there's millions of millions of people the fifa ultimate team there's millions of people who play fifa spend money in coins so that there is a lot of scope and actually it could like you know i've sold a few limited already it could make me look really stupid because i could have sold them and next year they could be worth three or four times what I've sold them for mm-hmm. last week if if we, the numbers come and I know but it's just hard to gauge that because it's based on something that happens in the future, not specifically related to how well the players doing. Um but the scope's huge. It's really, really big. So But I mean even just in the NFT space, I heard the other day that like Axie Infinity has like two two million or like millions I heard. Like it wasn't thousands, it was like millions of active players. Like Yeah. That's mad. Who gives yeah. like Axie Infinity, they're weird little monster looking jobbies that look cute. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to like shoot down Axie Infinity. What they're doing is incredible in terms of the numbers. But I mean, like, there's way more people in this world that care about football and footballers than there are that care about Axie Infinities. Fantasy <laughs> you know? football engagement. And there's worth. millions who use it. Fantasy football, exactly. 8 million users of FPL. And that's just the Premier League. This is every league. Anyway. Um, yeah, I agree. Sky's the limit. Last and EPL is important as well. EPL is, yeah. you know, we've got um, La Liga, we've got Bundesliga. We're trending towards getting all of the big five. Get the EPL. Oof. You know, that's, that's, that's huge. huge. That'd be crazy. Um, 
But the last things from that newsletter were just in game week 28 special weekly. Top 100 will get a limited national team card. I don't think I can enter. The issue there is the bottleneck with keepers. There's not many keepers who score under an average of 50 that are available because they're normally really good keepers at their national team. Our These next legend card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one. I'll get one You've for the weekend. One. Yeah, fair play to you. I don't uh, have any. Our next legend well. card lands on Thursday and the mega announcement was the Bundesliga. So that's all on that. If you're happy, I'm ready to bounce over and maybe start um, asking some questions. Yeah, sure. So as always, I post on Twitter each week. Make sure you go and find me at John Ellis underscore and you can find McBride here at McBrideAce on Twitter. Every week I'll post asking for questions about a day ahead of the recording. Uh, this week's got a massive response. Um so fair play but it means we're not going to get around to even a third of the questions I'd say so as always I'm going to ha- just have to go for the ones that were liked the most first so the f- most liked comment goes to Hoodwink this week is Hong Chul now the biggest shagger on SoRare after today's revelations <laughs> if not who is and he said for context Ulsan didn't make any statement until so, until so far nor did Hong Chung- Chul himself so let's wait according to a woman though who insists she was Hong Chul's ex-girlfriend revealed on her Instagram that Hong had affairs with 10 more with more than 10 women when she and Hong were dating so basically the question he has asked is is he the biggest shagger on so rare it's hard to argue yeah. with that sexy Sergei Petrov I think Russians love machine surely he's the biggest <laughs> shagger <laughs> yeah I don't know who else he's the only I one I can think of I don't know you, um, I mean if we're, if we're bringing managers into the equation I mean I'd say Hendo's a bit of a shagger like but maybe yeah. I'm wrong I don't know. He's away about him. He's only short, but he's away with words. Handsome devil. So I don't know. There's a few <laughs> out there. <laughs> it could be him. Um, so <laughs> next one is from Mortz. Uh, another good guest. Question. Is the invasion of yellow cards just a bubble? I think he asked this last week or someone did. And what do you two think is the best and sensible way forward for divisions for so rare and also so everyone can enjoy it, have most success? So I suppose, look, whatever about yellow cards... Um, do you think they're going to crumble whenever more supply comes in, or do you think the the demand will keep up? Not just now. So I think we're with some of the big players were already at like 100, 125 minutes. So like Messi, so Mbappe, um, we're we're very early in the overall supply. So obviously, in a few years' time, you'll have a few thousand. But this is all relative to how many people are playing and how many people are coming into the game. Um, I think in the short term they could still go up. I think that. Um, because there's more supply of them, there'll probably be more variation in price as well. So if you get a quiet spell or somebody who gets an injury, then the prices going up and down could happen a bit quicker. But I think that, um, I'm not saying the prices of the ones that are really expensive are fine, but what you'll find if you look is that the ones that are really expensive are Mbappe, Messi, and the guys who are smashing in like SO5, like Ajax and, you know, guys who can put Mm -hmm. together on stacks like PSV and um, guys like that. So I think that what people have to realise is that the top players will always have an extra bit of demand and it might be in my opinion that the top players hold their price really well but some of the guys who are the medium like to lower end of things who are selling for £100 they'll come down in price because there's just not as much demand for them. And what, what people will mm-hmm. realise is that there's a lot of guys there you can buy who will be excellent players in future but most of the demand will be for the popular players or the highest scorers that's where the demand will be so 
um, the market will settle naturally. But I think there's so many new managers coming. There's so much interest in Limited. There's the Bundesliga announcement. There's the La Liga announcement. New um, guys coming on board that there'll be a good interest for them for months anyway. So mm. I think they'll drop anytime soon. But that's, that's I agree just... with you. It's... It's all just supply and demand, and the demand is there for the most elite players that everyone wants. The demand is not there for Nicholas Raskin. Do you know? I mean, I'm not saying I have him. I have a super rare, but I'm just picking a player off my head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is like the the, the demand just isn't there for Leonardo Bellardi. Do you know? Like, don't get me wrong, people will slap these players into their teams and they'll get scores and whatever else, but. The people, everyone wants Mbappe, everyone wants Messi. There's tens of thousands of people who already want those and there's only a hundred out there. Even when there's a thousand out there, they will still have way more demand than supply. But I'm just repeating what you said. I think you've hit the nail on the head. The second part of his question was basically around the divisions and so rare. Like, do you think they need a a tinkering the way it's sort of one, two, three, four, five now? Like what you can enter where? Do you think it's off? Yeah, I don't think it's right at all. Um, I mean, they've segregated limited, which is fine because they said they would segregate it and they would try to protect rares. So people are saying, oh, goalkeepers are too expensive. But if you let a limited goalkeeper in a rare division, then those goalkeepers that are four or five hundred pounds become a thousand or twelve hundred. So that would only put their price up. Um, I think it, as you get higher up the divisions, that's where the problems start because you, you division four, you can put in five rares. Division three. You can still enter five rares, but realistically, you need at one at least one super rare probably to win a tournament. And then to go from division three to division two, you need four super rares minimum. Now, the the price jump between the top cards in terms of rare and super rare is already pretty big. You're talking about big numbers, but also you go from realistically being able to enter a team with one super rare to needing four, and also you can run in a unique. So, um. I don't think it is right. I think they need to review it. I think that um, there'll be a lot of people who'll just hit a brick wall when they get up near Division 3 unless they're willing to put in loads of money. Um, I'm there now, look. Yeah. I mean, they've done some good stuff, like being able to win a Super Rare in the weekly. You know, as a lot of people say, well, we're letting Limited into the weekly, but that was only for maybe a special thing because La Liga came and then since then they've stopped it. But... Um, I, I like that. I think that's good because it gives people a chance to to win things based on merit. Um, but I don't think the the way the divisions are made up just now is, is ideal. I think if you were to start again, you probably would just segregate them all and just say there's a limited division, there's a rare division, um, or you would maybe split the divisions where you would have the rare division, but um, there would be a, an A and a B, and the B division would be last 40 average of under 45 or something so that you get given utility, the tier twos and the tier threes and those types of cards. So they'll have to review it. I think it will be under review, but the problem is you can't, as soon as you say, right, well, we'll just segregate the divisions and we'll, we'll just make super rares on their own. Then people will say, right, well, I don't have a super rare goalkeeper. So I'm going to have to spend five grand on the super rare goalkeeper. So I sell all my super rares because I don't have a super rare goalkeeper. I've got 50 outfielders or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you've got to be careful with those types of changes because that could have a big effect on the, the market or people's playability. But it will evolve over time, I think. And I think that the main thing that's that's big talking point just now is progress bar and 
the F threshold, obviously, in Division 4, and that's going to be a key thing because people are thinking, what's what's the replacement there and how does that work? So that will affect what people hold in terms of their rares. So they've, they've got to sort all that stuff out. Um, and I think that's all crucial. Uh, but I don't think the, the way the divisions are just now is, is perfect. I think it will need work. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I think it's a really hard one for them to implement anything because anything they do, any way they act, directly affects the value of some sort of player, some scarcity, yeah. some sort of ability level. Anything they do, could it be better than it is now? Absolutely. I mean, if they could reset it all and change it without any sort of implications, would they do it? I'm sure they 100% would. I don't think there's enough progression in the game. I do, As you say, you hit a brick wall as it is. I've put in a lot of money. Like, I mean, for me, a lot, I, did, I did a video... Um, I did a video yesterday that'll be coming out my YouTube very soon. So check it out, YouTube John Nellis. How much money have I made on So Rare? You know, the old traditional kind of clickbaity one. First thing I say in it is I've made no money because I haven't withdrawn. But the bottom line is in that I went and delved in and I looked at what I've bought, what money I've put in and what money I haven't, whatever else, or what money I, I it's worth according to So Rare data, which is albeit flawed. I've put in something like, I don't know if I have the numbers here. Can I find them easy? I mean, you're talking like 35, 40 grand. 35 grand or something. I'll see if I... Yeah, here we go. I put in 33,867 euros, right? Now, albeit a lot of that was before the Gary V sort of boom. I put in probably half of that then and whatever else. But what I'm getting at is, like, me, even with... I don't know what percentage of that money was essentially an early adopter. I don't know what it, that, the equivalent of that amount of money to is now. Do you know, if you were to come in to buy my gallery now, I mean, my gallery and Sora data is worth over 100 grand. Yeah. So, like, for someone to come in and buy what I have now, let's say it's a hundred grand, right? And I know so rare data is flawed. Maybe it's a bit more. Maybe it's a bit less, right? I'm not trying to flex here. This isn't maybe this isn't maybe in Billy yeah. Big Balls, but if someone has to come in and put a hundred grand in, which is like half a house or a house, depending on where you live, if you have to come in and do that, to and I I maybe compete in like two or three D threes. Maybe three D threes a week. Maybe four to be no. I put global under twenty three champion challenger D three and D four. And I'm not even. I stretched. If I go to a D two, it it my D threes. I only enter one or two of them a week. Do you know what I mean? I don't even. I can't touch D two with a hundred grand. Is what I'm getting at here. So, and and will I ever be able to reach D two with the current reward structures? I mean, I'd be winning. I'd have to be winning a lot of rares, and I'd have to be selling a lot of premium rares, and I'd have to be building a bank balance to buy good super rares to compete. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I mean, for me to actually build a team of five super rares to go into a D two with a hundred grand gallery as it is, I mean, it's it's would I win five competitive super rares or the equivalent value of over the course of a year? I don't know. Would I? That's maybe pretty. not pretty difficult up there it's, it's really do you know really, really competitive like, so what you know, i'm saying is so. like the progression isn't really there um and i mean can they make it progressive is it in there like is it even a responsibility or is it a part of the game where it should be progressive that everyone it's, it's not it's just not possible that everyone can aspire to d1 i don't aspire to d1 i don't even really think i'll be competing in d2 across the board ever i actually just don't think so but maybe instead of everyone a feeling that they should be entitled to compete in the higher divisions. The bottom line is that in every walk of life, it's capitalism, baby. I've said this before. There's rich people. There's people who aren't as rich. And you compete and have fun where you can afford to have fun. And if you make a bit of money on the side, it's great. But should we all be thinking there's this clear progression to D1, D2? 
Probably not, but do I feel there could be more progression in the game? Absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of arguing against myself here. I don't really know what I feel. I kind of yeah. feel like we all feel we should be competing at the top and realistically that's just never going to happen and that's not how games work. You don't rock up to a poker table and stick 50 grand into the World Series if you're just someone who plays it at the weekend or if you're someone who can't afford a 50 grand entry. You, you rock up and you play for 50 quid with your mates. Yeah. So it's all about that. In so rare, you come in, you play D5, you play D4. The barrier entry there in terms of the sort of average income of, of adults on this planet is probably still quite high. But like for us all and i mean myself included like for me to be thinking i should be competing at d2 there should be a clear path to progression i'm kind of now i'm even doubting myself I'm like should there be maybe there should i don't know the answer mcbride what do you think i've went in a big ramble there yeah i think that yeah i think you're right i mean i think that just the frustration just now is that there has to be some sort of route to progression so it might not be that everybody can progress but there's got to be a route there so you were saying about selling the rares and stuff. That is one way you can do it. I mean, if you win a couple of rares in Division Threes, you get good tier rares. You could you could sell them. You get a few thousand pounds. You can buy a super rare. So the route is there, but also you need four super rares to go into that division. So it's quite a long route. What I would like to see is um, some sort of way for people to get up there based on a form of merit. So obviously it's a pay-to-win platform that's the way it is you know if you, you can afford the best cards then you'll be able to build a great team that will never change regardless of the the different scarcities but it'd be nice if they had like um like maybe a monthly leaderboard where it was just based on points it wasn't based on like you know um d2 or whatever it was just based on overall points or overall performance and a few people get a chance to win like, some super rares or whatever but i said earlier i like what they've done with the weekly you can go in the weekly with rares or if it's a really special event where la liga or whatever you can maybe enter limited and you're able to win super rares and that that's really good because there'll be some people coming out just now and saying i've never won a super rare before and if people have won super rares like that so i think that the way you make progression is that at some point if you're winning limited tournaments, obviously you want to win top limited cards and those will always hold value. But at some point, maybe you would need a special week and a limited special weekly. The limited special weekly awards a few rares or whatever. So I was thinking out loud, but if you have that crossover, you have that overlap there, then you'll help people be able to progress and it'll take time. I mean, it might be mm-hmm. that I want to play in D2 just now, but I'm a year away from playing in D2 because I've got to build up to it and, and maybe it shouldn't be that easy to get into the top divisions, but it just seems it's quite, it's a big jump financially just now, but it's also a big jump in terms of what you're allowed to enter. You know, yeah. you've got to have so many cards to even be able to enter and you see some weeks where those divisions score less and you might think, well, well, that's not fair. You've got to protect the value of super rares. But also, there might be a guy there who's entering four super rares, and the fourth one, he would rather enter a rare because it's got a better chance, but he can't because the entry requirement. So I think that that stuff should should be reviewed. And if you just tweak it a wee bit, maybe not reinvent the wheel, but just tweak it a wee bit, then you maybe you just leave a wee bit more of a path to, to, to get yourself up there without having to yeah. spend 100 grand. I think the Andrews on their podcast have talked about this, and I love that idea, the idea of you know i forget the way to phrase it but instead of having it where it's kind of flipping the the requirements in its head but in a sense where like anyone can enter anything anywhere do you know you can enter you have to have a minimum no you can enter a maximum of such and such in divisions but you can enter five rares in division one if you want now does that that probably crucifies uniques 
value and it'll it a problem, uh, destroy yeah. the platform so it won't work but I, I like the idea I wish it had almost been there from the get go where like having the unique gives you an edge but it isn't the be all and end all like yeah. I can rock up and stick put up a 500 score the perfect 500 which will never happen because of goalkeeper's matrix but we'll get into that another day um, and then I win D1 I think that's a lovely idea but at the same time it's too late it's like so many of these issues that people bring yeah. up and that I talk with in this podcast it's too late because like you just cannot do that now it's not yeah. fair put yourself like whatever about putting yourself in the position of the minnow put yourself in the position of the whale who's two million invested and you're yeah. gonna rock up and crucify their uniques because every do you know it just it goes both ways um yeah i think you would if with, you did something like that you would have to change the gap between the bonuses and the cards yeah. so if you if you said i want to be able to enter five rares in division five you would have to make the difference between the rares and the uniques a lot different so division, like 40 yeah, 50 percent is, is not enough because if somebody's got a top rare that's smashing in 80s and 90s then they'll they'll, they'll still have a chance there whereas you mm. want to kind of almost make it like that those cards do have still have a big advantage but i still think that um can do that or if they don't if they're not able to do that um maybe add a division in the middle so instead of saying go from division three to division two maybe we end up with six or seven divisions um, and you've got more divisions in the middle that pro- that provide a path without that harsh going from there to there. And it'll be interesting mm-hmm. from a limited point of view, but the, the thing with limited is, and nobody really expected this, including me, I, th- I thought they were only worth 10% or less of what a rare was worth. But actually, they're, they're a lot closer, so that might settle through time. But if you win some top limited cards just now, if you sold them, you could buy some rares so mm. there, there, there is a progression there to move up but also the progress bar and the way the gameplay works has to kind of incentivize people to move up um one reason people might move up is they realize they're going to have to beat twenty thousand people to win a division so that could be one reason why they want to move up or um various other reasons but because of the price of the limited just now if you're able to win some of those cards you could easily sell one or two of them and you, you could find yourself buying some rares so it's been interesting to see how that plays out um because even with segregation there the limited prices have gone up quite a lot but we're very early mm. into the, the actual supply of those cards plus a bit of growth in terms of users or a good amount of growth in terms of users as well so that will all play out for a time um but i'd like to see more divisions like i think that yeah more divisions might be the solution rather than destroying what's happening with existing ones just fit something in the middle to say well this is like a a b division of division four where you can you can only enter the cards that are under um last 40 average of um under 40 or under 45 or something so you're given specific utility to the tier twos and the tier threes um, but anyway it's probably someone more clever than me that's going to sort all that stuff out but that's, <laughs> that's so rare's job and he's like game economist yeah. or whatever that's they, no, they, that's that's their job so no it's interesting um and it's exactly the game economist best of luck to them i'm gonna ask you a question and while you start to answer it, i'm gonna run for a pee because okay. um i think you're you you're probably being be more clued in on this to me i feel like you've got you get a lot of beginners coming to you and like myself mike has asked if you're just starting an so5 what division or league do you think is the best to build a team for money not much of an issue and ignoring global all-star d4 is everyone and their nanas in that um, um do you have a rough answer for that if i was to leave you with it for 40 seconds yeah sure um, i'll still be listening i think um, yeah no problem um, i think the the natural answer to that is to start at the bottom um i think that You've got to come into the limited cards. I think that even after over a year on the platform, I'm still learning 
loads about um, how I select my teams and you know trends in the market and things. So I think if you're coming in just now and you've got a good budget, then I think that, that you would have to start with the, the limited cards at the moment. And I think if you do that, even if you you know you you're not ultra successful um straight away then it lets you cut your teeth it lets you learn it lets you um learn the nuances of the platform like things loads of wee nuances like card bonuses and what happens when you buy somebody else's card um season bonuses what happens at the end of the season um how demand goes away when when the leagues are finishing so if i was coming in just now i would come into the limited cards if I had a huge budget, a really huge budget, then obviously if you're able to buy in top end, then that's great. And make sure you buy top quality. Then you know there'll not be as much emphasis on your your team selections or or things like that because you might not be as experienced, but you've got all the top scorers. So if you've got that luxury and you've got money is no object, then yeah, by all means come in and buy Messi, come in and buy Mbappe, buy Haaland when he's on. You know, buy the guys who are scoring the, the top amount and use so rare data. Um, because you can actually go there, you can check who the highest scoring players are. And if you just come in with loads of money and bought those, then you would you would do well. But if you're coming in with a reasonable budget, then I think you've got to start in the lowest division. You've got to um buy some guys, see how things work, see how you get on. And then if you want to put more money in or you're doing well, then that's great. But it gives you a bit of experience. But I think you've got to get some experience with it because of the way the the gameplay is. I heard every part of that and I agree with it. Yeah, I think now I said this in last week's podcast, the week before, you know, limiteds of the new rares, it's where everyone's gonna start now. And I think you're right to start there, as you say, cut your teeth, you know, go and learn the ropes, learn everything in limiteds, play in those lower stakes, and if you decide you love the platform, move up to the higher stakes. Um, yep. or progress naturally by winning a few limiteds, selling them and leveling up. So I think that's great advice. Obviously, Asia and America are a bit cheaper, but the other side of that is they're probably finishing up soon for a yeah. bit of a break. Um, less demand for them, so they're, they're cheaper, demand. but they're harder to sell on as well. Sometimes maybe not um, MLS because there's demand for MLS, but with some Asian players, like you know, take a bit longer to sell them as well. So if you buy the, the yeah. good scorers, then maybe not so much. But if you buy a guy and he's out of form or whatever, then you know they might not sell as well. So bear that in mind as well. That if you buy guys who are a bit cheaper, then there's not always as much sort of liquidity or demand for somebody mm. to buy them as well. You know, if you want to um, sell them on again or or restructure or or you feel as if you made a mistake. So here's one for you, Jay Fraz. If you knew in advance that you were going to be win five ETH of rewards over the next 12 months, would you prefer to win big but just five times, one ETH rewards, or would you win smaller but 25 times, around not point two ETH rewards and why? So would you rather, and it's all cards, so would you rather win five one ETH cards or 25.2 ETH cards and it's why? an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I think from a gameplay point of view, if you win 25 cards, then there's really good like there's good fun and there's good enjoyment in that like a lot of people mm. play fantasy football because they want to get involved but in terms of what you'd be better winning you'd be better winning the five cards because then you'll get real star players guys who are in demand guys who've got a really good and future liquidity guys if you want it. yeah yeah you can sell them on guys who are scoring really well because a lot of these guys who are the highest prices are goalkeepers or um, guys who are smashing in scores, so I think you would want the five cards who are the higher value. But if your if your whole focus is on having fun, if you're not really so bothered about the money side of things, if you're just enjoying it, then more regular wins is a good thing, and that's why mm. I think the 
Um, the F threshold is really important for people because people get the feeling that they're turning over, they're winning something. They might not win a tier one card, but they're winning 0 0.010, they're winning 0 0.020, so 20, 40 quid, whatever. And it feels as if they're ticking over and they've got engagement. So um, that is a real interesting question. But definitely, I think you would be better off winning the higher value cards. But there'll be a lot of people who just, as you said, John, they want to come in at their own level, they want to come in at their own limit. and. You know, they maybe they win those expensive cards to sell them and they get that money. Great. But some people just prefer ticking over and getting some regular wins. Yeah. So that's that's where the um, so rare have got to do a good job with the progress bar, I think. I think for making content, I'd rather have five big wins. Yeah. Do you know, than than the twenty five small ones. Um and it's actually we kinda and we're getting towards the end here, I have a few more questions to ask, but I'm I'm hitting a bit of a, a moment in my so rare journey where like, you know, first sort of six months, whatever, a few rewards here and there. Last March I hit a podium three times, didn't get a win, but a podium three times. Got like Nuno Mendes, Manuel Neuer, and was it like Chiro Mobley or something? Three big enough cards. Felt like I was untouchable. And I feel like since now don't get me wrong, I've I've won some really nice cards. I've won like a Koku. You talked about him earlier. I've won. I'm just scrolling through. I got Tyler Miller, a nice goalkeeper there last week. Johan Handel, a super rare. He's a he's not worth much. Doesn't have much hype, but he's his last three scores. He was out with an injury, but I mean his last three scores are all sixty plus as a defender in Austria. Sure. Buscagli, I won him, and there's a couple more that have probably sold. So there are there are nice rewards. Don't get me wrong, but I'm feeling like it's been six months with a gallery worth as much as it is. I've been entering lots of divisions, and I haven't hit like a proper star rare in like months. Yeah. And you I'm wondering, like, through, yeah. you go through those spells, like, and I'm starting to think, like, geez, it must turn soon, or am I just doing this wrong? But because I've good yeah. players, like, maybe I'm just picking them wrong. I've an, an incredible ability to pick hundred scores and couple them with forty scores. But <laughs> look, hopefully, yeah. it changes. Um, yeah, I think it will. I mean, I think before I went through my good run, I had quite a bad run as well, so I was getting a bit disheartened myself, and that that kind of caused my change as well. So I had loads of errors. I didn't need them all. You know, mm. I, I, some of them would have kept maybe worth slightly more just now, or good long-term futures, but they weren't doing anything. I was just looking at them. Um, so, like, that that was a kind of strategy change, and, and that's worked well because now I've got, like, a kind of better balance. So, okay, I've got 1,000 cards, so I've got 60 super rares. So that gives me a really good choice of putting in one or two super rares in different divisions. Mm. So that means I can enter D4 and D3 in all the regions, and that, that is really allowed me to pick up more wins whereas those other cards were looking great they were young they were high potential type cards but some of them were already reaching their price some of them were already doing well and I just had to turn some of them over so so yeah, yeah i mean i think for your john point of view john you kind of sound like where i was previously where maybe you need a couple more super rares or you want to enter those higher divisions in people's mind they think that d3 is harder than d4 um if you've got a few super rares it's not harder um, it's competitive, but it's not harder. Like beating fifteen thousand people in Global All Star Four, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> yeah. so... No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I think like I had that kind of realization about last month. We're over the summer and the, the end of last season. I was all about the under twenty three buzz, getting loads of under twenty threes, and then I very quickly realized all my premium under twenty threes have moved on to clubs where they're no longer big fish in small ponds. Their yeah. bench players, their rotation players bedding in, and I found myself quite hamstrung. And I'm still kind of finding that, like, if your dokus and your turkeys and whatever, but I mean, they're not playing. So, like, it's it's about kind of maybe maybe those cards would be better, and from a utility standpoint, being super rares, but then it's the collectability and long term comes into it. But yeah. look, B 
based on time, I'm going to bang a couple at you, and we'll try and answer these quick, yeah. right? We'll consider sure. these ones quick fire, mm-hmm. and then quick fire questions. Um, yeah. So let, let's bang a couple of them out. So the first one is from Irish villain Dork's question: Who's your favorite and worst like dork? No need for um, wise. And tell me first, what is a dork? Is this like a WhatsApp group thing? No, it, it was in Discord. So some of the guys were on the platform quite early and we kind of realised that a lot of the general chat people were whinging and stuff and we just created a wee group, just like the group that you've got in Discord and stuff. So yeah. uh, it's called the Dorks. Um, Favourite one? Uh, say Joe or Understudy. Um, good guys. So um, they're my favourite ones. Least favourite? <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts, so say Willie. <laughs> Willie 84. <laughs> he always calls me a podcast wanker, so like, he'll not, he'll not listen go. to this anyway. But if he does, then... There you go. I'm a podcast wanker, really. Next question. <laughs> podcast wanker. Next question. Sam Daring. Uh, if you're looming to build a team for next season, SO5, Asia D4, and this is a question I have. I'd be interested to hear your take. Yep. And again, we'll try and do a quick fire, even though it's a hard one, I think, to do a quick fire. Do you yep. wait until the new season cards get released or pick up cards now or in the off season? So basically, if you were building a team for Asia, when do you buy? I think that the, the worst time to buy will be just before they release the new season cards. So what happens is people want to buy them, there's no new season supply, and then they dip a wee bit. So I think, particularly in rares with scarcity, if you want to build a team for next season, I would start round about the end of this season. And then what will happen is be, you've got to be one step ahead because there'll be a point in between the seasons where people will start building a team, and that's when the cards will start rise, rising. It happened with Asia, happened with MLS. So you want to build a team for next season, start looking at the end of this season i think that's about right as well because there does come that point where prices start rising and when they go they go yeah and then the new cards come in and whatever else but people are building teams of those old old people cards are not going to just dump their cards right some people yeah. will but mostly they won't especially guys who are selling are good but at the end of the season when they're still auctioning cards but there's not many games left that's when you get the best prices i think Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the last question, I think, and then I have a funny one. Um, the last question that's semi-serious is from Mel, MDJ. International break makes everyone extra grumpy on here. So what's one thing about So Rare that's really grinding your gears at the moment? What is your one pet peeve? If you pick one. Um... That's a difficult one. I've raised a few things, but... I think probably we were talking earlier about the divisions. Like, I, I, I don't feel as if the divisions are quite right, and that that kind of links into the the tiers. But my my biggest pet peeve would be like Champion Europe Division Three. They're only awarding like twenty five cards. Like, I entered that one week, I got like three hundred and seventy, and never won anything. They need to sort that stuff out. It's like mm. it's the big big fives div- division. Like, you shouldn't be scoring. 400 in a division and not getting a card they just got to sort that out i think i know why it's happens because they're waiting on the big teams for new season supply but my biggest pet hate is is those divisions now when you win something the quality is great but between that and people putting in Bayern cards and stuff like it makes some of that stuff impossible to win so i think they need mm. to sort that out a wee bit and also think top three for um podiums paying out f isn't enough i'd like to see the jackpot at the top 
a wee bit of a flatter structure so that people are winning some F because it's all well and good saying there's demand for the cards and that creates value. But some people look at what you can win with them. Some people can't envisage that if you win another card, that's got value. So if you give out small amounts of F, people in their head can start calculating what they think a card might be worth over their career. So if they could keep the the top threes roughly similar, but start paying out more places, that will help, especially as numbers go up, like limited divisions and things. Well, when you have days when you're raking in over a million and whatever else, I mean, surely you can afford to pay out a little I'm bit more. selling like 300 F a day of cards and stuff, like which is, is mad. And I think yeah. slowed down Give a wee bit. Just in. <laughs> it's, it's international week, so yeah. we expect it to slow down. Let's see what it's like next week when, mm. when all the... The, the games are coming back. The market will be absolutely flying. People are buzzing about the Bundesliga. We start looking at what's happening with the, the teams coming on at the end of the month. It's going to be a great month. But right just now, the market's probably quite quiet today. But that, that's natural. It's international week. You know, it's not as absolutely. much Absolutely. FI Gardner wants to know if you have an exit strategy. Um, no. Buy a boat. Buy a boat. Buy a boat. baby. Exit strategy. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'll, I'll probably have to think about it. one thing I have done and I've learned for other platforms is I took out my initial investment, so I'm risk-free. So my gallery is completely risk-free, so I'd, I can sleep at night. I don't need to worry about it. If it all went ski-whiff, that is a disaster because I've got a really nice gallery and I'm winning regularly, but I don't, I don't need to worry about it. So um, because I'm risk-free, I feel more relaxed. I've got really under-23s type um, gallery as well. If it gets to the point where it's worth in, like, you know, 150,000 is an insane amount already, or 160,000, but if it becomes worth like half a million or something, I'm probably going to have to sell up. But that's that's just yeah. a number I've got in my head, and it seems pie in the sky, but, you know, it's kind of trending you up towards know. it. Yeah, at the moment, because I'm not moving up to Division 2 or not doing much in Division 2, if I win stuff, I'm kind of reinvesting or selling. So I think... Um, I'll just try and kind of keep taking some money out, get get myself in profit, and review from there. Um, but no no specific plans to sell up anytime soon. Like I just want to stay mm. involved, keep playing, keep enjoying it, see where that goes. And the last question from CG so rare, a nice serious one as always. Would you rather never have to pay again or never have to poo again? I have my answer <laughs> to this hands down. Um, I'd rather never have to pay again. Do you know when you're out having pints, it's the worst thing in the world. It's ruined this podcast twice already. Yeah, we've been to the toilet about five times poops. between us. I, I would agree poos with that. are yeah. less frequent. Do you know, like poos, do you know what? Sometimes a wee poo break can be a good way to sort of zone out and sit on your phone at work. I mean, pee Get breaks, so people rare. expect you back. Do quicker. a bit of research, you know, five, ten minutes. Like You say you you're know, going for a pee, you your can't disappear teams. for eight minutes. <laughs> exactly true in teams. You say you're going for a poop, people leave you be. I, I honestly, yeah. I, I'd, I'd kick pee into the curb. Yeah, and now, the last, last question... And I didn't brief you on this beforehand, but every week uh, we do the 137 game to wrap up. So while you're looking there, pick two players that you think will play and is a 208 this weekend. It's hard because it's an international one for you. Yeah. Um, but have a think there about two players playing on 208 that you think will combine for a score of 137. And I'll just brief everyone on the last sort of results on that. So yeah. in September, it was the tightest month I think we'll ever have where Nepenthes and Plastician were within not point one points of each other. Plastician scored 107.8 and Nepenthes scored 107.9 and that was the closest. The other guesses were Quinny who was miles off with 80 and HG went way over the top of 169. So the closest yeah. was Nepenthes. Actually, so two guys who are going to score 1. a total of 137. 
Yeah. I'll go um, Marcelo Brozovic of Croatia and at Milan. And I was picking my teams earlier, so I'm going to go um, Vitaly Lizakovic. He plays for Lokomotiv Moscow and he should be playing for Belarus against some sort of cannon fodder. Tell me the game. Um, Lizakovic. Um, Vitaly Lysakovic, he plays for Lokomotiv Moscow. He doesn't actually play that much, but he's a a regular for Belarus. And I've got him, so I was picking my teams early and I fired him in. So Brozovic and Lysakovic. Good stuff. Well, last week, um, Aaron Jones, whose podcast unfortunately didn't go out, scored 82. He's probably happy that it didn't go out. And Black scored uh, with Sven Coombs twice 116 so he's leading it for October you have 116 to beat you have to get closer than that so we'll see how that goes now McBride before we go is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to sort of throw out there Um, not really no I was just to say like actually really enjoy the content that people put out including yourself so I think just um, if anybody has any questions about Sora maybe ask an experienced user my DMs are open myself Um, get involved with the YouTube stuff get involved listen to some content and and learn and if you're struggling with anything you know maybe drop somebody a message drop me a message or whatever and you know we'll, we'll try and help out because i needed a lot of help when started on the platform and and people gave me help and i always appreciated that so if anybody needs anything um drop a dm or if they're looking to sign up whatever um you know get involved good stuff well i'll have your socials in the description of this podcast and thanks for your time it's been an absolute Probably. pleasure awesome john cheers Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And a big, big thank you to everyone who left questions and topics for us on Twitter. You can follow me at John Nellis underscore. Leave your questions, leave your topics, like things you want to hear discussed every week, and we will try and get around to as much as we can. And also, do us a big favour and just go and leave a review on Apple. It means everything, helps everyone find this podcast, and it really helps me out. So thank you so much, and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.